that was where the idea started was how do we as a publisher sell our sponsorships, even though we're small, but sell it on what makes us unique and how we're differentiated and how we create amazing unique content that no one else has. And that's why the right brand will pay more because that's super targeted and has a higher conversion and is higher authenticity. Imagine living your normal day and getting your car fueled up on demand. Seriously, check out LA Startup Refill Fuel and enter code WeRLATech for $10 off. That's Refill Fuel. It's amazing. Literally, you can be anywhere and have your gas totally topped off the tank and not even have to deal with it. No more gas stations. So go to refillfuel.com. That's R-E-F-I-L-L-F-U-E-L.com. Code we are LA Tech for $10 off. We could not do this without the community believing in our vision together. We are LA Tech is independently funded, funded by you, the community. So to support We Are LA Tech, go to patreon.com slash we are LA Tech. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash we are LA Tech. Hey everyone, this is Mike Prasad from Tiny Sponsor here at We Are LA Tech. We got a cool two-part podcast coming up for you. Part number one is talking about the OG origination of LA Tech, who made it, how it happened, and where it's at now. And part two is going to talk about a little bit of what I'm doing right now, tinysponsor.com, which is a marketplace for helping the greatest content creators in the world, big and small, get paid and helping brands get what they need. Hey everyone, this is part two of the We Are LA Tech podcast with yours truly as the guest of the greatest breed of Vora. <laughs> and we're going to talk about my new startup, Tiny Sponsor, and how it's helping content creators, big and small, and influencers, big and small, actually make a living from doing what they love and helping small businesses and big brands reach the right audience that they need. And if you haven't checked out part one, make sure to skip back one episode because that's where we really dive in deep to how Los Angeles became the top three tech city in the world. Quite phenomenal that it started with only 20 people back in 2008. I'm sorry, I have two amazing co-founders and the the origin story of Tiny Sponsor is that in 2007, I started a media network called BitLove Media, and yeah. it was niche media. So this yeah. is before WordPress was what it is today. Yeah. Uh, it was just a blog. It didn't have community functions. It had no really big social functions. And so the first I was called GirlGamer.com. Yeah, GirlGamer. Yeah. Prasad has supported women in tech for a long time. It's been it's been a, it's been interesting to see the, the field evolve. This is before Gamergate and all that crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> but, um, so Green Gamer was this idea of we wanted to create a legitimate, authentic, safe space for female gamers because we realized, me and my co-founder then, realized that every single gaming site was 99% male by right. their numbers. Right. And so we were gamers and we wanted to do something and we're like, why don't we make it around the audience that has no place to go online. Right. And so we did. And... That first site started, we built our own system that combined publishing and community and forums and point right. systems and all that fun stuff. Profiles, the whole deal. We built that and we duplicated for another company, another site called Anna.me, which was, which um, I actually was sold recently, but it was an anime community. And then right. um, another site called Dread Central yeah. that we didn't create, but was similar in, in ethos right. um, around horror movies out right. of LA as well. Okay. By this awesome dude, KW Low. Yeah. Who, KW, yeah. shout out, another LA Tech OG. Super OG, right? <laughs> Super and, and, OG. And now he runs LA Ad Tech as well. Yeah. And, 
And the three of us come, came together and said, we have these three sites. Do you notice that, though, that a lot of, like, I call it, like, the core 20 people that started, like, LA Tech. It's, like, 20-ish, right? Yeah. We all did hard, collaborated and have done hardcore community work. Yeah. Like, Sean Percival did a lot of stuff with 500 startups. And, you know, then uh, KG's doing the LA Ad Tech. I think Nicole Jordan has her own group yeah, as well. Uh, R- R- Radix, Radix Collective. You know, like, everybody, uh, Kevin Winston has Digital LA. Like, everybody has somehow pushed the culture forward. Yeah. yeah. And, and we've all, all of us have collaborated, right? Yeah. And I think a community has to have those connections, right? You can't yeah. have these islands. They have to connect. Yeah. And so um, for us as a network, we were these small sites. We were super critically acclaimed within our vertical. There are girls that have Girl Gamer tat- logo tattoos. That's crazy. Permanently, like on their body. That's which, insane. Which to me is like, Blew my mind. That reminds me of Elvina's pod share. People have pod, you oh, know, yeah, the yeah. LA startup pod share that people have pod share tattoos. And Elvina's amazing. also done a great job at creating a really, community. really community, great community. Yeah. yeah. But as a site, we, we had our traffic. We, we, I think the combined network was like a million plus a month yeah. in terms of unique. We had a big Facebook group and all that good stuff. But advertisers were paying us through banner ads and banner ads started tanking in terms of uh, cost per thousand views. Right. So... We found that because we were so niche and right. we were super specific, if we went directly to Microsoft, directly to Nintendo, we would get paid a lot more money to do buyouts, content sponsorships, community engagement because yeah. we were so targeted and we were doing something that was uniquely us and not just generic content out there. So KW and I were like, how do we sell this without having to pound the pavement, drive proposals all day and just meet people? Because yeah. those direct relations were the best paying, but they were also the hardest to get because they required physical work. Yeah. And, and network, you can only have so many hours in the day. Unlike you know, what you do now is you buy a banner ad. You just go to the website, you go to Facebook, you just buy, buy it and you're right. done. So that was really the idea started was how do we as a publisher sell our sponsorships? Right. Even though we're small, but sell it on what makes us unique. Right. And how we're differentiated and how we create amazing unique content that no one else has. And that's why the right brand will pay more because that's super targeted and has a higher conversion and has higher authenticity. So in, I want to say, 08-ish, that's when I bought the domain, TinySponsor.com, yeah. wrote the business plan. A couple it's years such later, a great like domain. The, Thank you. It's such a I've great been holding domain. on to it forever. <laughs> like literally like almost 10 years. So, and more recently we decided to build it because the time was right. Because yeah. even three years ago, the idea of niche content creators yeah. being valuable was right. something that isn't, wasn't really respected. Right. And now agencies and brands are realizing that the micro-influencer is yeah. actually more targeted and better. Yeah. And then the question is then how do you actually find them, it's so true. work with them and all that. That's a different story. That's what we're trying to solve. Yeah. But it took almost 10 years for brands and advertisers to realize that yeah. that's actually a really better spend because right. the entire advertising industry was based on this whole thing of views and right. these vanity metrics that don't right. mean anything to a business. Vanity metrics, it kills me. Like when you get press in like those super fancy, like quote unquote legitimate press media sites, yeah. the conversion rate is so low to actually cus- actual customers. Yeah. Like really, it's just to look good to like an investor or something. It's not actually to generate sales. It's not. And, and if you look at what generates sales in all types of media, forget any, what, what format, it could be radio, right? Yeah. And I've done, I've done radio ads a couple yeah. of years ago yeah. and it worked really well. Yeah. And someone's like, wait, Michael, why are you doing radio ads? That makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. Um, because it goes back to, has less to do with the format and more to do with alignment between the medium, yeah. the person creating it, yeah. and the brand. Yeah. And if the alignment's there, then the conversion's yeah. gonna be super high. And people trust the host. That's yeah. the thing about podcasts is people trust the host, which makes 
you know, sponsoring a podcast a lot more successful than another media category. Well, yeah. We are this podcast, right? Yeah. This podcast is great because it's super targeted. It has a following around women entrepreneurs and LA entrepreneurs. Yeah. So for someone who's selling generic services, it may not be the best fit. Yeah. But for someone who's selling, who's helping startups and maybe they're, let's say they're like an accounting firm for startups that's yeah. designed yeah. to really be low cost and accessible. Yeah. This is the perfect place to go. It's going to yeah. outperform everyone else. Yeah. And if you've tried the product and you know that it works. Yeah. You've pre-screened it and you validated it for everybody yeah. else. So there's a trust there. Yeah, right? we do that with Refill Fuel. So I actually interviewed Refill Fuel, ran it, LA startup, on-demand gas delivery. So like you could be anywhere and click an app and then all of a sudden your gas tank's full. It's amazing. So Lewis, the founder, was on the show. And then uh, we had such a good like rapport and really he ended up sponsoring the show. But it's like, Perfect, because it's like L.A. tech people who don't have a lot of time to do things and they have to drive everywhere and no one wants to take the time to go to the gas station to fill up their car. So now they just go to refill fuel. If you enter code we are L.A. tech, you get ten dollars off. You just enter and go to refill fuel and like you have gas right away. So it's like it's like the perfect partnership. And I I, I, tr I use it myself. Like, I love it. Well, that's the thing, because you're validating because everyone doesn't. I mean, everyone works hard for their money. And yeah. You have so many options now. Everything's, I mean, how do you choose? There's this information overload, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So, okay. So give us a few case studies with um, Tiny Sponsor that you've done for some of the people on your network. And and walk me through the user flow. Like, I'm I'm a person, I'm a content creator. I consider myself a digital, a, a micro-influencer. Or maybe I don't even, like, what is a micro-influencer? How can I know if I'm that? And then, like... And then how do I sign up for Tiny Sponsor and what's that look like? Can you take me through the user flow? Sure. So, so a definition of a micro-influencer. People have these these different definitions. I think most agencies characterize it as 50,000 or 100,000 followers and under. Yeah. Depending on the agency, they'll have different thresholds if it's 50,000 or 100,000. Right. For me, I don't have a hard number on what that number is. It's more about... Are you unique and specific? Specificity yeah. to me of your content creation is more important right. than follower count. Right. Because that tells me how that one creator is going to be uniquely matched to a unique brand or product or whatever. Right. Because they have a specific audience and follow them for a very specific reason. Right. So follower count can vary, but it's about being someone who's a unique voice, in my opinion. Right. And then there's the idea of influence versus celebrity. Yeah. And those are different things. Celebrity means people know you and they're following you and you're famous and you're visible. Yeah. Influence, I would argue, means that you have an expertise in something. Therefore, people trust what you say about that subject matter and you're influential. Yeah. It's like you are influential about a lot of things related to tech and media and stuff like that. It's only because I, I know you. <laughs> but, but if I ask you about something that might be something off that maybe not maybe it's like the detailed tax code yeah which I'm not in I don't know anything right about, right so or I'm not I. an influencer on that yeah right? but you asked me about media and digital I can talk about that all day long yeah so those are my definitions yeah now if you look at how traditionally this idea of influencer marketing is is this new term right and with every new term there's always an old analog that people forget right it's content marketing right and content marketing and influencer marketing has been around forever, celebrity marketing, right. newspapers, whatever. So this isn't a new thing, it's just a yeah. new format. Yeah. So if you look at the new format, it's th it's this break from having these big celebrities and big creation and media sources and now having hundreds of small sources. And this is exactly right. what you saw with YouTube. YouTube said we can enable these YouTubers to 
whether you're big or small, to get an audience and make money and ha- make a living off right. of this. And so then the source of all this content went from big Hollywood studios to yeah. individual creators. Right. And so you've seen that with other formats. You've seen that spread to other formats, you know, podcasting, blogging, et cetera. Now the problem is YouTube provide all the monetization for these YouTubers. Right. Now, for these other formats, the monetization is an issue. So for someone to make a living doing a podcast is really hard. Yeah, I know. Because you, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so you look at evolution... I would argue the crux of the issue is two things. One is that most metrics that advertisers and agencies have sold on are vanity. They're, they're not va- not vanity because they don't mean anything vanity because they're abstracted from the end goal. So let's say ultimately business, I need to sell product. I need to get, let people know where I am and I need to tell a story and I need to maybe create content highlighting what I'm good at. Like, I, maybe I'm not a good content creator. Those are your goals. Yeah. Right. How many followers I'm having because it doesn't really mean anything unless it does those things. And so if you're selling on those things, you're, you're paying for a metric that you're paying a lot of money for, but it doesn't actually translate back to, re- to results. And if you don't right. have results, then you can't put more money towards it. Right, and right, so it right. very hit or miss. Yeah. And that's one problem is that we've had an ad industry that's based on clicks and views, or really views, and that's actually what led to fake news because you're incentivizing even New York Times to do high traffic, low value article because right. traffic is what pays for their salaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even the best people are, are stuck with that model. So totally. that's changing now. So now we see engagement being yeah. the metrics. That's one one thing that changed that, that, that was the issue and is now starting to change. Yeah. Um, the other issue is how do you monetize as a creator? How do you get paid? Yeah. And, how, and why are you paid? Yeah. So instead of being paid on how many followers you have should be on what you create and how that engagement is. Right, right. Which means it's really saying, how do you get paid uniquely? Yeah. What makes you unique? What are you doing? Yeah. And the problem is that every other platform out there, at least in influencer marketing that I've seen, um, they don't care who you are. Right. They're just like, hey, I'm, I'm X brand and I need a video on YouTube made and I got a thousand bucks. I'm going to put out there and this is what I want. And all of you th- hundreds of creators out there, thousands of creators out there, yeah. send me proposals and I'll choose the one that I think is best. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not looking at each one and saying, why is this a good creator? Why does this match my brand? Why is their audience aligned with me? Yeah. Then you look at brands like Red Bull and they're like, we're Red Bull and we have this culture that we're promoting and we want to enable an athlete to do something crazy that the athlete wants to do. Yeah. And they're going to say, okay, well, we're not going to pay you much money, but we'll give you whatever you need to do this crazy thing to do what you want to do. Yeah. And that results are amazingly more right. effective. Right. right. And so it's like me going to you and saying, hey, Esprit, I, yes, need, Mike. <laughs> I need, I need a, you know, I got a thousand bucks right now and I need um, a podcast made on um, how to build a car. Yeah. And you're going to be like, well, I mean, you know how to make podcasts. Yeah. But you're not really doing a car mechanic podcast. 100%. Yeah. And so you're going to go, you could do it. Maybe the price is right and you'd figure it out. But really, it's not a good alignment. Your audience also doesn't care about that. right? Versus me saying, I know you do stuff around tech and startups and the culture and that's what I'm trying to connect with. That's what my brand needs. And so let's partner and do something together. That makes it, I'm choosing you for what's good. And that's the problem is that the current industry doesn't look at at it that way. And so from that point of view, it has to be creator first. And so going back to our products, we're a creator first marketplace. So what we do is we go to creators. We don't go to brands or agencies. They're our second yeah. customer. Our first customer yeah. is content creators or any kind right. of creator, really. And I go, say, Esprit, what is your podcast about? What do you do? Who's your audience? Yeah. What makes you unique? And, and then what do you give to someone when they sponsor you? And that becomes the same thing you would put on, on a media kit or a sponsorship rate sheet. Yeah. And I take that and say, okay, this is what makes you you. Yeah. 
Let's put it on our platform as a package. Yeah. And that package becomes a piece of inventory. Right. And now when a brand comes to a website and when a business comes to a website, yeah. they can say, I need tech LA yeah. in Santa Monica yeah. for startups. And your package Dude, will show up. There's like and there you go. nobody better. Yeah. There's no one better and you're ready to go and you're and you're reasonably priced for your audience and you have high engagement. Yeah. And that package is defined. It says this is what you get. Here's the price. Here's a link to your podcast. Right. Click here to sponsor. Right, right, right. They add it to the card. They check out. Yeah. You get an email saying so-and-so wants to bought this package. Yeah. They want to sponsor. Yeah. You hit yes. We charge their credit card. Yeah. We hold the money. You guys chat back and forth. Once it's delivered, you get paid. Yeah. And now how many advertisers do you have on your platform ready to spend money on the micro-influencers? So we are in private beta. So we only really... In late March, April was when we started inviting creators to join. Right. And and then in May, June, we started having advertisers test it out. And then we've been revising since. Yeah. So because we're a startup and because we're revising quickly, we're still in private beta. So we're inviting advertisers. So um, we've had, an, we have about seven agencies that are buying on behalf of many, many brands. Yeah. We've also direct, direct sponsorships um, from specific brands that we like that we're inviting yeah. in. And then we're also curating brands specifically around the creators that are on our platform now. And have you, have, how has the success been for the mic? Can you tell us like, what's a kind of deal look like? Like maybe the best deal that you've had to go through the tiny sponsor platform. So the coolest deal that we had to go through a tiny sponsor yeah. platform was with Sundance. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's was, really cool. Yeah. It was, I mean, Sundance, right? I've never even been yet. And it's, I gotta go. Sundance has an LA film festival. Did yeah. you know that? Uh, no. That's the problem. Called oh, LA Next Fest. Yeah. And it is once a year, it's in August, and it's at the Ace Hotel downtown. Right. It highlights unique stories by a diverse amount of producers, creators. Right. It's multiple days. Every movie has an event, and they have an opening party. They have a closing party. It's really, really cool. Yeah. No one knows about it. Tickets are like 10 bucks per movie, 10 to 15 bucks per movie. It's That's super like cheap. What? That's a. And if awesome. you want the VIP, you get a couple hundred bucks and you get to party, you get to what? see. I think that sounds so cool. I would totally go. I didn't know it existed. That's the problem. Right? Yeah. So they said, we need to get people to know about this festival. We need to sell, t- ultimately sell tickets. Yeah. And they had a budget. It was, it wasn't a huge budget. Yeah. And how do we get the right people from a diverse group of audiences yeah. to come know about this and buy tickets? Yeah. You can't do that with a big buy. You can do a bunch of Facebook ads. That would probably right, do right. decently. Right. But it doesn't work back into the ethos of Sundance is supporting independent creators, independent filmmakers, right? So instead we did, we said, let's go find a half dozen or so, a little bit more actually, content creators who do video. Right. Who make up unique aspects of LA. Right. Someone who's like the Santa Monica beach babe, someone who's a Hollywood musician, someone who's a downtown creative. Let's find these unique stories. Yeah. That is really what this film fest is about. Yeah. Is this unique LA stories. And sponsor them to create a 60 second video, up to 60 second video for Instagram. Right. It tells them about their ULA story. No specific sign off on the creative. Let them do what they do best. Tell their own story. Right. Also, it's great because their followers follow them for them. Yeah. So you know the engagement is going to be high. Totally. So we had a bunch of people create these short videos of their other story. We had RKVC, which is a small YouTuber. Right. Um, just getting started. And they talked about how then they do music and comedy skits. And they talked about how one of their moments of LA that made LA this unique place for them as a creative was they were struggling recording in the studio, trying to get, you know, a hundred subscribers, hundred subscribers here and there. And one day they heard someone playing one of their songs or watching one of their songs on the phone. Yeah. And they were like, Oh my God, this is, that's that moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was their LA story. We had someone else who uh, is a stunt guy 
Yeah. This guy, Tim Neff, and he clipped together this cool action shots of all the crazy stunts he was doing and talked about him, you know, and showed just all the crazy things he'd done as a stunt guy. We had a cosplayer, Mylon Sarley, uh, show her in her studio with a time of making a costume and how that is what she's doing. And these are all uniquely LA moments, right? Yeah. And at the end of it, everyone gave away tickets. Everyone had tickets to watch, to come to the event. And we also put a little bonus where if they send us their high-res videos, at the opening and the closing party, they played projected on the side of the Ace Hotel. Wow. So they got in front of crazy wow. amounts of people. Wow. That's a really ex- That's what actually Indiegogo and Kickstarter say about when you do a crowdfunding campaign. You want the the reward to be experiential. Yeah. Like and so the like these content creators, they're not just, you know, getting paid and maybe maybe it's even less than they'd like normally, but they get that experience of having the exposure that would they would never have otherwise. When everyone got paid too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you get but it's double. It's, it's, every, yeah. it's a win win for everybody, yeah, right? Totally. And 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 you know, these people these creators were asking for a fair amount. They're not asking for too much money where it's unreasonable. And when we can rate that based on how many followers what their engagement yeah. is and say this is a good buy or a bad buy, yeah. or it's fairly fairly priced. But the creators set the price, they set yeah. the terms, they set the yeah. deliverables. So they're controlling the value of their creations. Right. And then our system says, is this a good buy? And then who is this good for? Right. Let's get it in front of that person and buy it. And the results were great. Right. Now I don't we don't have direct conversion because Instagram doesn't have hard link tracking. But I do know that this is the best um, festival they've ever had. It's incredible. So and, so and everyone cool. was really happy, including including Sundance. So how can how can people start cyber stalking you online? Where where do they go? Uh, I am Mike Prasad everywhere, um, and a tiny sponsor. You know, if you're interested in joining, hit me up. Uh, actually, I mean, might as well. Uh, you can if you go to a website. If you go to our, our base domain name, it's going to ask you to go on our sign up list. If you go to beta.tinysponsor.com, you'll be able to get into the actual site. Two questions. One ask you have of the community, something that they could do to support you in your success to accelerate the growth of Tiny Sponsor. I want to see people create things in really unique ways and use our platform in a unique way. We're not trying to be an agency. We're explicitly not an agency. We're not a manager. We're not an agent. We're not, um, we're not trying to represent you. What we are trying to do is be a tool for every content creator to enable them to focus on creating and not worry about contracts and yeah. legal and meeting tons of people and finding the right brands and all that right. stuff. So in the same way that Etsy.com yeah. helps craft makers create custom crafts, totally. we want to be that for content creators. So totally. my, my dream is really like every content creator says, or every creator of any kind says, you know, if I need sponsorships, you know, we're tinysponsor.com, but everyone has a tinysponsor.me link. So yeah. if like, you want to sponsor me, you go to tinysponsor.me slash Mike Prasad. I want everyone to have that on their Instagram profile instead of, instead of a, um, an email, right? Yeah. And, and also we're at any platform. It could be a podcast, it could be yeah. a blog, it could be an event. Right. So I want people to use that as a tool. So what would be great is to see creators who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity right. using our, our site and trying it out and saying and thinking about how they can represent themselves and letting our system find them those right sponsorships right. because then enable them to create cool things. So I want people to try to use it in, in different ways that I haven't imagined yet. Like right. we've had uh, some creators that have added things to their profile in deliverables that I'd never thought of. Like right. We had someone who was a beauty blogger saying, hey, I'll do this whole, this whole, um, 
photo shoot with your with your outfit yeah but you also get that photo and you can use it however you want it's part of the package right 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 and i never thought about that yeah that's genius and then brands love it because like oh, wait that's so cheap much cheaper than hiring your own shoe right right and now a couple of people that are offering that are getting much more business right and some small brands like local brands that don't have big budgets like i can only afford a thousand bucks a month on stuff right, like right. this are now buying like that because it's enabling them as business owners as right. small business owners to to grow and 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 expand in different ways they hadn't really imagined before. So I guess my ask is work with us, hit me up. If you're a content creator, if you're a small brand in your business, let's try something that's innovative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like, Kogi started that way, right? Yeah. Kogi Barbecue was like, we have this great taco idea. Yeah. We have a truck free from us. We have no money. Yeah. How do we actually make sure we don't fail? Totally. And let's try something innovative totally. and use Twitter and create a culture and a brand and engage content creators around it. Totally. And that's why I succeeded. Before we sign off, what's one LA tech company or talent you've come across lately? Someone or someone or some company that has really impressed you? Hmm. There's a lot of good LA tech companies. The ones that I've seen that have impressed me, probably Loot Crate. Loot Crate? Yeah. Yet OG tech. OG, OG tech. LA tech. Loot Crate's amazing. I mean, Matt Arvalo like made yeah. that company. Matt's going to be on the podcast. It w we were trying to make it happen before I left. So gonna, whatever. Dope. Let me tell you why you're impressed. And what is, Loot Crate? Loot, what is Loot Crate? For those uh, everybody listening that doesn't so know. So Loot Crate is a, is a monthly subscription box. Started in gaming. And now they have all these other, these other verticals. They do, I think they do like some sports boxes. They do some movie boxes. And, but what's unique about them is where they've taken it. Yeah. So there's lots of subscription boxes. They're pretty, you know, they're a generic business model. Right. But what they've done, and so Matt worked with me at Girl Gamer, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like way before. So I would argue that his experience at Girl Gamer probably helped <laughs> a little bit in Luke Crate's success. Uh, my first co-founder uh, is one of the co-founders of Box.net. Mm -hmm. So I'd argue his, actually, he actually has my sports company on his bio for Box. You nice. know, It's probably not Box.net anymore. It's just Box, but the file sharing company in San Francisco. Anyway, go on. Well, Luke Crate, so Luke Crate's yeah. initial first product was this idea of getting cool geek stuff that you normally find at Comic-Con yeah. and making it available for everybody that couldn't make it to Comic-Con, right? Yeah. And then and it originated in Koloft at Cam Kashani yeah. like co-working space at a startup weekend. Crazy. So the true LA story right oh there, Oh my right? gosh, so dope. And they got a bunch of peers over the weekend and they went from there and then they've expanded. But what, um, and, and also it was gaming and geek culture, which yeah. Matt really got involved in through Girl Gamer, which is great. So, um, but where they've taken it, now they've expanded huge. I think they're doing hundreds of millions of dollars a year in yeah. revenue, which is crazy. Number one fastest growing company last year um, in the U.S. going to Deloitte. I think, I think he was also stuff. featured on, on a CSQ Quarterly. Yeah. Magazine. yeah. I mean, they've been featured everywhere. Yeah. But I think... PewDiePie talks about Loot Crate all the time. Yeah. And I think they sponsor PewDiePie, which is... Well, they built it on money. content marketing and creator, creator and influencer marketing. Crazy. By being very authentic and very personal. Yeah. And, and that was really Matt reaching out to a lot of these people that he yeah. met in the community. But what they've taken it is... And they've expanded. And some would argue they've expanded too quickly for their own good. And they're having some growing pains. Yeah. But what they've done to, to enable that crazy amount of growth yeah. is once they started growing, they started doubling down on the community, doubling down on the data. Yeah. They have a whole team and I've, I've toured their offices and seen what goes into the little detail, even the design, every box is uniquely designed. Yeah. They've, um, they do custom products that no one else can get. Yeah. They have a crazy amount of data science. Yeah. So they've taken every aspect of the business and looked at it under a, you know, with, under a microscope yeah. and said, how can we optimize this and how can we learn more and then apply it? And yeah. that's been what's been impressive to me because otherwise you can't have that kind of crazy growth. Right. Totally. 
Thank you so much, Prasad, for being on the We Are Lytic Thanks for having me. This if is you want to connect with more extraordinary people in the LA Tech community, remember to go to wearelatech.vip. You could rep We Are LA Tech by going to wearelatech.com slash shop to get your We Are LA Tech t-shirt and connect with Prasad on Twitter, on all the socials. I think you guys are amazing. I absolutely adore being part of the LA Tech community. I am born and raised here and root for me as I go across the country to celebrate women in tech state to state I'm freaked out I've never been camping in my life <laughs> and I'm about to be camping in, in like 24 hours <laughs> I will see you guys talk to you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye we are LA tech is independently funded by the community we couldn't make this happen without your support if you too want to contribute to we are LA tech and see us making the podcast building the mobile apps creating the events year after year, consider contributing at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash we are LA tech. Thank you. We appreciate you.